How can a Christian counter chaos? Have you ever thought of that? The world might be full of chaos. Things are hard to predict. Things are in decay. Things are in danger. As a Christian, how do we counter that? How do we uh, act as God would want us to act and bring peace to chaos? That's going to be what we're looking at today as we get into Daniel chapter 2, verses 4 through 16. Several verses here. We're still looking at the, the dream incident of Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 2. And we're going to look at how Christians need to engage the world in its darkest hour, how we need to uh, interject ourselves as agents of peace in the midst of uh, hard times and trust in God. And so that's where we're going to be at. We've got a bit of scripture to jump into, so we're going to do that in just a second. Uh, before I go in, I would just like to ask, if you are listening to this on podcast, would you take time to rate this podcast and share it? And if you are watching this on a video platform, would you consider subscribing to my channel, uh, sharing the video? You know, I think it's a, a good way to uh, promote the content here. And if you're pleased with that, I would ask you to do those things. Without further ado, let's jump in to these verses here. Daniel chapter 2, verses 4 through 16. They say, Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, My decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made an ash heap. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. They answered the king again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will give its interpretation. The king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time because you see that my decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. Therefore, tell the dream, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can give its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. And therefore no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. It is a difficult thing that the king requests, and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this reason the king was angry and very furious and gave the command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went out, and they began killing the wise men, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Then, with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. All right, there's a lot of verses there. If you're still with me, I'm, I'm proud of you. Hang in there, because now there's a lot to discuss. We are looking at an utter defeat of the Chaldeans, the interpreters, the great wise men of Babylon cannot help the king. They cannot give the interpretation. It seems that maybe Nebuchadnezzar does not trust these men. Maybe they weren't as loyal to him as they were to his father. Maybe he thinks that they're uh, deceivers. And so he might be testing them. Does he really not remember his dream? Or perhaps he only remembers pieces of it and he really is determined to get to the bottom of this. And so he's using this as a test. However it works, what we find is that there is a failure. They are defeated. They are not able to discern the dream. And because of that, they're in big trouble. Zechariah 10.2 says, The idols speak delusions, the diviners envision lies, and tell false dreams. They comfort in vain. 
Therefore, the people wend their way like sheep. They are in trouble because there is no shepherd. Nebuchadnezzar has no shepherd, no one he can trust to give him an accurate interpretation. And so he says, if you can do it, I will reward you. If you cannot, I will kill you. Making your house an ash heap. This is that fiery furnace imagery that we're already seeing. We know Nebuchadnezzar was fond of burning people alive, and we see that from history and from the Bible. Well, they strike out. The Chaldeans cannot. They ask three different times for the dream so they can give an interpretation. And then they make excuses. What do they do? They, they theologize. There's not anyone here uh, they could do it. Uh, we can't do it. In fact, only God could do it, and God does not make his dwelling among men. And isn't that an interesting foreshadow of a day that maybe when God would make his dwelling among men? But we digress. So in the midst of it all, the king sends out the order and they begin slaughtering the wise men. Talk about chaos. They are murdering wise men and they are going out and Daniel and his friends are amongst that group. They're going to receive the death threat and it's chaos. So, so what do we do? I think that what we see from this passage is there is a way. There is a way for the Christian to interact in very difficult times of chaos and that these times of chaos might actually create opportunity for Christians, for the church, for believers to be a blessing to the lost. And we see Daniel interact. We see great wisdom, and that is one of the keys here. When we interact with a chaotic world, we have to be wise. And he gives a prudential probe. He asks Arioch. He says, Arioch, what's going on? Why the rush to kill all the wise men? And it's interesting, he does not challenge the order. He, he almost assumes that surely it's the right thing that Nebuchadnezzar is doing because he's being very wise in how he is interacting. In fact, we uh, have a great statement from Calvin Coolidge that says, I have never been hurt by anything that I did not say. That is a wise statement. And Arioch tells Daniel the decree, and so Daniel then makes a courageous move. That is our other key point. We need to be wise and we need to be courageous. He goes before the king and he asks the king for time. The king had already already refused time, but Daniel asks for time. He takes one courageous move. Maybe this would have resulted in a greater torment for him, but he stands before the king and he makes the last courageous move and he is granted the time. And we'll find out what he learns in the next time that we're together. But in the midst of chaos, we need God's wisdom and we need God's courage, the courage that only comes from him, that we can stand in the midst of fear and danger and proclaim what he gives us. And that's what we'll see going forward. So be wise and be courageous. The Lord is with you wherever you go. I hope that encourages you today. Take care.